You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. We're in the book of 2 Corinthians today, and it's going to take a little while to get airborne, and don't worry, I'm normally a 28-minute message preacher or 30, don't put a stopwatch on that, not very long-winded. But it's going to take me some time to get into the text because you must see with me chapter 8 and chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians. It's all about money. You say, well, he's preaching about money today. I'm not preaching about money today. That's not my message today. But in order to understand the message, you have to understand the situation of money. And you know, many years ago, 19. 76 in this church, maybe 77, but I think it was 76. Dr. Jack Baskin, who was a missionary in Korea and who was president of Pacific Coast Baptist College in San Dimas at that time, and then, of course, active in missions worldwide, he would preach here annually, normally at missions conference, and he said this. I was talking to him. I said, Brother Baskin, it seems like I'm already early in my ministry. I'm just talking about money all the time. He said, Brother Treber, money is not what you do to your people, it's what you do for your people. If you can teach your people the joy of giving, you're going to have a great church. I believe 46 years later, I'm looking at the greatest church in all the world. Because this church has learned to give not just money, and, and that's where it begins. But in every area of life, we ask you to, uh, Jesus every day, pass one track a day, and hundreds upon hundreds of you, and many more than that, given a track a day. Amen. We ask you to pray for things, and again today, uh, this week, I went by and I saw uh, different ones kneeling on the steps of the, the last two years, of the steps of this auditorium, all hours of the day and night. And I see you in the grass over at the Christian school. Uh, these are turbulent days for the world. Yet there, I know other churches, but there's a church in the Silicon Valley that have men and women and young people kneeling all the time, praying out here and around this property, that God would do something very special for the world. Whatever you're asked to do, to live for God, to sing, to shout, and it's all reflected because it is a giving people. I'd like to introduce the message by going back to chapter 8 and laying the groundwork. The groundwork is this in chapter number 8. The church at Jerusalem and other churches were having a very difficult time financially. And so the churches of Macedonia, a year before, they made a faith promise. They made a promise that they're going to give to these other churches that had needs. You know, it's wonderful when a rich, rich church gives to a poor church. But the churches that we're going to give were not rich. The churches of Macedonia, remember Macedonia, that's Acts 16, where the cry came out, come over to Macedonia and help us. Paul did not want to go. He wanted to go this way. 
But God said, I want you to go this way to Macedonia, which was Europe. And eventually the gospel went to England. And from England, it came to the United States of America. Had Paul had his way, he would have gone with the gospel to Africa. And Africa would have had the gospel. But if you study history, government history, if you study Bible history, it's, it, it is apparent that it's always moving westward. And the gospel came from Macedonia and it entered into Europe. And there was a lady by the name of Lydia, a businesswoman who got saved. And one by one, people were getting saved. And it spread to London. And from London, it came to the United States, first on the East Coast, and then moved across to the West. Our government came in 1760s for the East Coast, George Washington. And 100 years later, 1860, Abraham Lincoln. And 100 years later, it came to the West with Mr. Uh, Mr. Richard Nixon and Ronald Reagan. It moves westward. And here in this text, the churches of Macedonia were going to collect money and give it to churches that they thought were more needy. But look at the church at Macedonia. Moreover, brethren, chapter 8, verse 1, we do to the wit, that means we want you to know. And he introduces this word grace of God that you'll see repeatedly. Bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in the great trial of affliction, so these churches that were going to give money were in affliction, and the abundance of their joy and deep poverty. I think I'm going to start giving. If I, if I heard this once, I heard it a thousand times in my ministry. You know, if I had a million dollars, I'd give it to God. Or what about the ten dollars you have? Well, I need that. If you won't give one dollar, you're not going to give a million dollars. These people are in deep poverty. And the Bible says, for to their power, I bear record, and beyond their power. That's why we have buckets and beyond coming up. They were willing of themselves. Verse 5, and this they did, not as we hope, but the first gave their own selves to the Lord. You will never give from your pocketbook until you give your life. It goes in that order. Therefore, he says in verse 6, in so much that we desired Titus, that uh, as he begun would, would also finish in you, this same grace also. There's that word again. It's grace. It, it's, it's a privilege to give financially. We have missionaries that are scattered around the world. Last night at men's prayer meeting, our men were praying. We had all the missionaries' names on the prayer journal last night. And they were praying for missionaries. Missionaries are going through very difficult times right now. The restrictions, the regulations, the, the, the uh, 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 inability for people to go and buy in stores unless they have a, a, a mark. And I could tell you some countries, I'm not talking about communist countries, where they have, what is that with all the lines? I said it last, well, all the lines, uh, uh, code, what is that code? Uh, barcode. You don't have a barcode, you can't get in these stores. We have a country not far from us, you cannot get in stores without the barcode. That sounds like the book of Revelation chapter 13, 16, where, where you cannot buy or sell unless you have a mark on the forehead or a mark on your hand during the great tribulation. Folks, we're getting set up. 
And he says, I want you to abound in this grace, this privilege of giving. Say, when are you going to get your message? I'm enjoying too much preaching on money right now. (laughs) Money is my favorite subject. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If God doesn't have our pocketbook, he doesn't have our heart. Where our treasure is, there's where our heart is. I was looking back in the front of our Bible, we had the attendance sheet, and I look, I missed, my wife and I missed a Sunday this year. We were out of town preaching at my son's church, but every Sunday is marked here. Every Sunday is marked here. Why? Our treasure is here. And I know people tell me, they need to take more vacation. Maybe one of these days we will. We like being here. We like hearing a choir like that. I love hearing an orchestra like this. I love hearing you sing. I had it all over me today. I wanted to sing so much. I said, orchestra, stay. And then I got looking at the clock, and I said, better leave, but we'll sing more tonight. I want you to see here, verse number seven, as ye abound in everything. You see, the church at Corinth had everything. They had all the gifts were present. Faith, says there, faith, utterance, knowledge, diligence, and in your love to us, see that you abound. Here it is again, in this grace also. Then he gives us an illustration of, of giving, giving. And the illustration is with our Lord Jesus Christ, verse number nine. For you know that, here's this word, grace of our Lord Jesus, though he was rich, yet for your sakes became poor, that ye through his poverty might be made rich. Jesus did not enter on planet earth as king. He came as low as possible. He came as a baby. He didn't come to a palace. He came to a barnyard. He humbled himself, and even at the death of the cross, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. So he's talking about money, and I I, know I'm taking so much time. He says, verse number 10, and herein I give my advice. It's expedient for you who have begun before, not only to do, but also uh, forward a year ago. You made a promise a year ago you're going to help. In fact, he talks about that year ago in chapter number nine and verse number two. I know for the forwardness of your mind, which I boast of them in Macedonia and Achaia ready a year ago. He said, church at Corinth, I've been bragging about you. I've been talking about you, how that you give too. I, and I, now, I don't want to have the egg on my face. And that's what he's covering in just a moment. He said, now perform the doing of it, verse 11, chapter eight. As there was a readiness to will, you you were excited during the missions conference, or you were excited a year ago, so there may be a performance. Now, if there be first a willing mind, not according to a man hath not, or that he hath, but he hath not. I mean not that others be eased and ye burdened by equality. And by the way, that's why the tax, don't get duped in this. Every year you hear it, tax the rich. That's not Bible. You don't slap the hand of the man that's creating the jobs. Well, that billionaire. I know that billionaire buys yachts he doesn't need. And the yachts he buys creates jobs for people that need. And he buys cars that he just can tuck in garages and never drive. But that creates job. God says tithing, for example, the word tithe in the Bible, 10%, is, is 
equality. So what we're doing in America, it's right now socialism. It's communism. We take from those that have to give those that have not. That's not government's job. That's God's people's job and individual's job. And when you take that away from people, you take the heart out of people and government gives, government can never have a heart. They just want to take from others and they brow down, beat down. I'm glad, and by the way, might be taken offline for saying this, but God bless you folks. I mean that others be not eased and ye burdened, verse number 13, but by equality. And so he says, I want you to abound, verse 19, in this grace. Now I'm going quickly. He said, no, you're not. You're not even at your message. I'll pull it together. He said, verse 3 of chapter number 9, I have sent the brethren. Paul says, I'm sending the, some, some brothers of mine in the faith lest our boasting of you should be in vain on this behalf. I want you to be ready. I'm embarrassed that I'm going to do this, but a year ago you promised you were going to give, and I just don't want egg on your face or my face. I want to make sure that you're ready. So I'm sending some good Christian preachers. Lest happily they of Macedonia come with me, and they find you unprepared. That ye should be ashamed of this same confident boasting. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort you, brethren, encourage you, that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, which might be ready, a manner of bounty, and not covetousness. For I say this, he that soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly, and he that soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. Every man as he purposed in his own heart, let him give. For God is able to make all grace, there's that word again, to abound. You see, God says in Acts 20, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I would dare say here, those that enjoy Christmas the most are those that buy the most for others. Christmas is great when a little child gives their pastor, pastor's wife something, that's okay, that's, that's all right. But I tell you what I love to do, I love to give to a lot of little kids, and my wife as well. I love to go shopping, and almost all the time you go to some of these stores, you got these big pallets, and they'll say, what in the world are you doing? Those all Christmas gifts? Yes. And I go party by party, by person by person, uh, widows, you name it. Uh, we, we loved it as a church and as individuals. For it's more blessed to give. Christmas is more exciting to watch your son or your daughter open up that little doll, that train set, and the joy and the happiness that comes on their face than you get another pair of slippers. And so God is talking about giving, 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 giving. Now I'm almost at my message, and I'm almost out of time. So you listen fast, and I'll speak fast. Thanksgiving it's going to be introduced to us at the end of this chapter. But you can't have thanks without giving. That's what he's going to show us. And really, it's sort of like the word long-suffering. What does long-suffering mean? Just reverse it. It means to suffer long. What is thanksgiving? 
It's giving and thanks. You will be thankful if we learn to give. Look all around you. Find someone in need. Help somebody today. Though it be small, some neighborly deed, help somebody today. Help people on the pathway of life. Find people that you can help. Not that the government regulates, but what God lays in your heart, here's a neighbor I can do something for. Here's a needy person I can do something for. Here's an invalid I can do something for. Here's an elderly person I can do something for. Here's a family, a young family that we can do something for. Here's a family living squished up in this little, little, small, little apartment trying to raise their family. Here's something I can do for them. Look for opportunities on the pathway of life. Go grocery shopping at Christmas and pray, pray, pray that the, I pray in line. I don't go very often. I pray that the person in front of me run out of money. It's a lot more difficult nowadays with ATMs and all those things. I love it when they run out of money. Last year, like every year, I was in a line and I, I, I saw the, Checker was getting upset with the person. They said, ah, maybe can you take that back? No, groceries. And can you take that back? And they had, I won't pay any, a dime for liquor or tobacco. But I was watching this lady put the thing, and she was so embarrassed that she had to take that off. And the checker was getting upset. I said, well, how much is it? No, I didn't say that. I said, I, I, the checker, I said, here. And I put the ATM card in. And the lady, after a few moments, figured out, I said, put the rest of that stuff back on there. And I'm not a big hero. You've done more than that. It is so wonderful to give. That lady was with her married adult daughter in a wheelchair, and she came up out of that chair and stood feeble. I'll never forget. It was last year at Christmas. And she stood at that grocery store with weak knees, and she said, oh, pastor. I didn't know I was her pastor. She said, oh, pastor, you know, the joy of giving. I, I, wanna be a, I don't want to be a grump. I don't want to be Mr. Negative. I don't want to be Chief Rain Cloud. I, I watch people, I can tell you, I, I'm not smart like you people. I don't even know how to turn on a computer. I have no idea how to use a computer. I write emails back all day long. They come to me hard copy and I hand write them. And then some secretary or some man here, man or lady, types them up and sends them back to me. Radio listeners and all of our stations across, handwritten. And they're not just uh, the same every time. I'm not smart like you people, but I tell you what, I can read people. If I see a murmur, and a complainer, and a gripe, and a griper, and someone who's constantly negative, I know they're not a giver, because givers always have something that happens when they give, they thank. They, ha they don't have ingratitude. I'm a victim in this, in this lousy country, America. I'm not gonna stand for that flag. It's been so bad to me. After all, I only have $100 million. Not worked in the last seven years, but I'm gonna kneel for that flag because I tell you, I've been oppressed in this wicked country. Not a giver. 
end of discussion. Not a giver. Givers don't complain. Givers don't murmur. Uh, givers uh, do not walk around with bitterness. Givers do not want to be feel like entitled. The Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. So get to our text. And I'm sorry we're getting there because I'm loving talking about this subject. Verse 11, chapter 9. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness. Watch it now. Which causes through us. Wait, wait, wait. What's making the cause? What is making us? What's the last two words here? Thankfulness. Three words to God. What, what causes thankfulness to God? Chapter 8 9, giving. That's what the Bible says. Watch how he introduces thankfulness. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes us through thanksgiving to God with the administration of this service, not only supplied the want of the saints, but is prudent also with many, here it is again, thanksgivings unto God. When you meet the needs of others, there's thanksgiving to God. And the Bible goes, wow, by the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed subje uh, subje uh, subjection unto your gospel, the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution to them, to all men, and by your prayer for you, which long after you, for the exceeding grace of God, thanks be unto God. And it doesn't turn to ourselves, it turns to him for his unspeakable gift. You can't speak about it. When I consider the works of thy hands, the sun, the moon, the stars, what is man that thou art mindful, mindful, mindful of him? Let me take you back in your mind to Genesis. The earth was out without form of void. God created everything, the heavens and the earth. Chapter 1, in the beginning God created the heaven and earth. Chapter 1, verse 1. But without form of void, he had to put everything together. Everything he put together gave. Everything God put together in creation. He put a, a moon up there, the moon gives. He puts a sun up there, the sun gives. He put the stars up there, the stars give. He put the clouds up there, they give. He put the, he put the waters in place on planet Earth, the water gives. He put the trees in place, the trees give. He put vegetation in place, and the vegetation gives. And then he created the, the, the last but the best, man. And if everything God created was for the purpose of giving, how are we doing, man? Mankind, how are we doing? We are supposed to live, give. For the Lord loveth a cheerful giver. Not, not, just, not just giving money, though this passage deals with it. Because if you want to be a happy camper, here's how you become a happy camper. You give your prayers on the behalf of those people you don't like. Politicians. Relatives. That you're going to argue with at Thanksgiving and Christmas. And some cases the police will be called out. Churches, I hate church, I hate church. Your boss, your company, your in-laws, your siblings. 
But when people begin to pray, I pray for my mother-in-law. You know, there's many of us in this room, well, I wouldn't mind having a mother-in-law. 49 years ago when we got married, my wife would not mind having a mother at her, her wedding. We, we never had a mother-in-law that got to see our grandkids, Amen. see our wedding. You can argue with your dad. My sister and I are here. I, I'd love to be able to talk to my dad or my mother today. And they're in a better place here with the Lord. We'd like to talk to our older sister today who passed away last year. I, I'd love to just sit down with her and have a word with her. I'd love to talk to my sweet father-in-law who went home to be with the Lord during COVID. I want you to know I can get real happy and thankful to God when I pray for missionaries. I read their letters every week. And I'll tell you this, we have 150-some missionaries and another 400 churches in the Philippines we began with pastors. I'm telling you, fellas, the, Brother Panera, the, they're not discouraged and defeated and mad, upset, but they're weary with this COVID on these other countries. They're weary. It's so wearisome. One missionary wrote this week, after almost two years, they now allow us to have 10 people inside. And these poor people have been in foreign fields with no mother, no father, no relatives, not able to get out of the country, not able to come see relatives here. They're just stuck there. I think of one that lives in one of the largest cities of the world on about the fifth or eighth story of a, a building that's just concrete walls and concrete floor and co concrete ceiling and no, no, no refrigerator. And men can go out for two hours, three days a week. And ladies can go out on the opposite days, three days a week for two hours. And the hardship of living in that situation, I tell you what, I can get real happy when I begin to labor on behalf of those missionaries that are serving God. And I'm so thankful, I'm so thankful that they're there and they're serving God. Amen. I tell you why we're so grump, grumpy in our church. We're starting to hold back on a, living a life of giving finances and giving prayer and giving hope and giving encouragement and knocking on doors and giving. Again this week, we've been over 100,000 doors this year and giving out the word of God to this area. And again this week, notes of thanks. Thank you for coming by the house and giving us a Bible. What a joy it is to live a life where we've learned the joy of giving. I close, you know, I, I love studying in one of our books, in the bookstore, The Leaders of Men, the three volume set. There's a story of John Wanamaker. Wanamaker. John Wanamaker was, he's the prelude to the five and dime store and the Kmarts and the Walmarts and all those stores. He was uh, postmaster general under Harrison. He died in 19... 122, the year before my dad was born. And, and, and John Wanamaker was a Presbyterian man that loved God. He would never have his stores open on a Sunday. His son, Thomas 
was part of the corporation and he, uh, he bought a newspaper at the turn of the century and that son decided to have a Sunday edition and it grieved his dad so much. His son with that newspaper began to run articles from socialists here in 1910 and 1920s and it just broke his dad's heart. The big store in Philadelphia, he built, it was 12 floors, granite, granite walls, granite floors. Uh, Wanamaker built it as a department store, 12 floors of shopping. In the lobby that goes up, you can look up eight floors. In the lobby, he purchased in 1910, which would be over $3 million now, an organ. And the organ is still there. All the eight floors are in, uh, 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 have been refurbished with uh, uh, gold-laid uh, gold that just goes, it's a beautiful thing. The pipe organ he put in there has 28,000 pipes. The Philharmonics, when they opened it, President Taft came in and he, he dedicated it. It's just a most amazing thing you ever see. It's still there today. It's all been refurbished in recent years. Wanamaker, though he died with over $30 million to his name, which today would be $1.5 billion, Wanamaker was heavily involved in giving of his money. He gave to the American Sunday schools. He gave to worldwide missions. And one day he had invested so much money into China, he said, I want to go and see how my investment's doing. See where, where your treasure is, your heart is. And he took the trip to China. While there, they were out in the country and they saw, he saw a dad with a plow. And where there should have been an oxen was his son. And instead of an oxen, his boy was pulling the plow. They stopped the carriage they were in and said, what, what is going on? And the preacher said, well, they had an oxen. He goes, well, what happened? He said, we were building a building to have people come to hear the gospel message of salvation. And that dad and his son, they had nothing. And the boy, as an older teenager, said, Dad, we have that oxen. We could sell it. Dad said, well, how will we pull the plow? He said, Dad, I'm strong. I can pull the plow. And you can stand behind it. Mr. Wanamaker, that's the story. They sold the, the oxen for the building. He was gracious to that family and did some nice things, but he said, you know what? There's a family that's learned the joy of giving. We are embarking upon first this week thanksgiving or giving thanks. You won't have a lot to put on your Thanksgiving list if you haven't gave, given. Amen. And this church will have so much because you're givers in every area of life. Every area. I admire you so much. And then we move into Christmas.
Christmas is not about receiving. It's about giving. Here these people are in deep poverty, but they learn the joy of giving. Ingratitude freezes up any funds and any giving. Let's stand together, shall we? Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Giving, my message today, produces gratitude. Are you a grateful person? Are you always having conflicts? It's because you have turned all your giving into yourself. Gratitude comes when we learn the joy of giving. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.